You're listening to 630 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. for Reed Wilkins tonight and tomorrow here on 630 Chet Inside Sports is uh, speaking about All-Star Weekend. Uh, the assignments for the skills competition were announced and Connor McDavid is not taking part in the fastest skater. He told the league, I'm not, I guess this was months ago, um, I'm, not, I'm not interested in that event anymore. No, thank you. He is a th- three-time, three-time, three-time champion. Um, but last year, I believe it was beat out by, I want to say Matt Barzell. I have to look that up, maybe. Um, but he will participate in the, uh, talk about talk about flips with uh, events. You go from the fastest skater to the accuracy shooting. So that's what he will do uh, tomorrow, along with Leon Dreisaitl. And uh, Stuart Skinner, of course, will uh, participate in all the goaltender uh, themed events. Yes, there's rumor online tonight, Davey. Uh, this was breaking probably about 45 minutes before uh, we jumped on air tonight. Is that McDavid might be going head to head with Leon Dreisaitl in the accuracy shooting? Right, because they're night. timed now, right? They're it a is, timed yes. event. It's the- and I think they pair them off, right? So right. one end, one player, the other end, the other player. So should be very interesting to see when that comes across tomorrow I, what they do. I like that. Mm-hmm. that that's good. Of course, we know how good these two are together, uh, McDavid and uh, Dreisaitl. And uh, McDavid spoke about his on-ice relationship with Leon today. Yeah, we certainly help each other a lot out there. Um, you know, we've played together a long time, and our chemistry, um, you know, is is, uh, is definitely there. Um, you know, and it's, uh, it's a special thing. You know, uh, two good players that, uh, you know, um, know each other where are going to be, you know, majority of the time, and uh, makes for makes for some fun hockey. Okay, speaking about the uh, <laughs> the goaltending, let's just have Stuart Skinner try to explain what he's doing tomorrow. And try to explain is the key word here with uh, Bob Stauffer and Oilers now. Yeah, I think it's a breakaway challenge, and then there's a new event for goalies. I uh, I believe I was reading about it anyways, but it was uh, I think you got to shoot it into the net or if you miss the net or if you get in the small hole that they have on the ice depends how many points you get and then it also depends how many players go shoots on the other goalie so something like that i'm not uh 100 sure it'll be uh it'll be a good time and i'm uh, i'm excited for that okay let's uh let's transition here so i've been calling games for uh since 2006 well i guess 17 years coming up i suppose yeah I think, yeah, 17 years. And there there have been three receivers that have scared the living daylights out of me every time Edmonton has faced these particular receivers. Now, they're all retired. One is Ben Cahoon. The other is Milt Stiegel. And the other is our guest, the assistant GM of the Edmonton Elks, former BC Lion, who used to scare the living daylights out of me. And I'm upstairs calling the game, and I'm going, where is 81? Oh, no, it's G. Roy Simon. Hey, G. Roy, how you doing? Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Man, I'm, I'm, I'm doing great. And uh, was there always a team that you were looking forward to play against because you're like, oh, historically I've had some success, or did it really matter to you when you played? Yeah, you know, um, I, I didn't really care. I mean, obviously, playing against Winnipeg was always a big one for me because um, I'd started my CFL career in, in the league. 
Um, but honestly, I was of the mindset that I was a, I was a killer. Don't take this literally, but I was a killer. <laughs> I didn't care who I was playing against. Um, I was I was trying to end careers and win football games. Now I remember a, a game here in 2009, and that was the last year where there was grass at Commonwealth. And a few years prior, of course, was Milt Stegall's 100-yard. Uh, uh, touchdown on the last play of the game, which is still the most uh, heartbreaking and spectacular play I've ever seen. You had one that was really close, and I'm wondering if you remember it. It was a wild game, back and forth, and it was kind of a snowy night, or there was a little bit of snow. It was cold, and you <laughs> slipped in behind two defenders who I think ran into each other. Byron Parker was one of them, and I can't yeah. remember who the other one was. You remember that play, and you, you yeah. slipped in and scored. Yeah. It was TJ Hill. TJ Hill. It was, it was like, it was, I think it was August 9th of, of 2009. It was minus 17. I remember it very vividly um, because we were winning the game. And then uh, that year, we, we'd given up a lot of uh, comeback losses. We had a lot of comeback losses. Um, and, and I was really, really upset that, uh, you know, we, we, we were in that situation again after winning, the, uh, winning early, winning big early. Um, it was funny because Buck Pierce called a pass play, but it was, I think it was like second and nine, and he called a play for me to uh, go about 16 yards and sit down in the zone. But I just said, I'm not, I'm not sitting down. When he called the play, I said, I'm not sitting down. I'm keep going, just throw it. And uh, he, he, he let it go. And, and um, you know, one guy crossed, went over the top, one guy went under, and they both ran into each other, and I caught and kept running. I remember they played very vividly. Yeah, I tried to find the highlight, and maybe it was a good thing I didn't because I would have had that sinking feeling again, but that's okay. <laughs> but, hey, let's let's talk about, you know, let's stop talking about stuff that, you know, happened against uh, against Edmonton. You're, you're with the green and gold now. You're trying to, along with the scouting staff and, of course, with uh, head coach and GM Chris Jones to turn this team around. And I think you've had a pretty good offseason to this point. We're going to talk about the, the plans for free agency, but let's talk about what recently just happened yesterday. Uh, signing A.C. Leonard uh, from the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, who was released uh, a couple days ago. Uh, tell me about bringing A.C. in and uh, what, what he is going to bring to this uh, Elks defense? Well, I see he's going to bring athleticism. He's going to bring versatility. He's going to bring um, an elite pass rusher, some, someone who can get to the quarterback without us having having to, you know, bring extra guys and blitz. Um, he can win one-on-ones, um, you know, and he can, he can, you know, he can play the run. Um, it, it's funny because I was with AC when he first came into the league as a receipt, as a tight end receiver in BC. And uh, now that now that we have an opportunity to, to sign him and, and reunite him with with Coach Jones is um, is, is really exciting for us. Um, you know, you know we're we're really excited about the the ability that he has, and uh, looking for him to have a have a breakout year, a, a bounce back year, and and you know help us you know do all the things that we 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 want to do and, and and accomplish our goals. When I look at this defense, I'm thinking, wow, uh, multiple. There's there's a lot of moving parts, and you look at that D line especially, and I think Christian Rector is going to be a sneaky signing, and he's been here for for it'll be his third season coming up, but. For a rotational guy to have seven sacks in 19 games and 23 defensive tackles is impressive. But you look at that D line and you got you got multiple options and versatility, and you got it in the linebacking core, you got it in the secondary. And how important is that to have the options uh, to 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 uh, you know to to roll out there uh, for for a coaching staff and, and for a team? 
Well, the one thing that you, you know, the one, the one of the one of the great things that Edmonton's always been known for is is a defensive line, and you know, you don't win games if you don't have a strong defensive line. We felt last year that we struggled at that at that point, and you know, in our in our front seven, um, but you know, um, you know, we're we're trying to build this thing break by break. Um, we feel that you know our defensive, we feel our offensive line is very very strong um, moving into next year, but we feel our defensive line um, with the pieces that we. Have have now with you know Jake Ceresna, uh, Daniel Ross, uh, now AC Leonard, and you know if you have Christian Rector as, as a as a rotational guy, and you know Avery Ellis, um, you know not to mention Jamin Pelly, not to mention um, you know we 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 have a, we have a plethora of guys that can can be very versatile, can do a, a number of different things, and that can one and that can help us be very dominant um, at the line of scrimmage and, and the point of attack, which is is something that that's you know like I said. It's always been known as 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 a as a strong point for the Edmonton Elks and or Eskimos in the past, but um and and you know that's the goal to to, to get that defensive line where it's where it's been in the past and 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 moving forward. Joined by G. Roy Simon, Edmonton Elks uh, assistant general manager here on six thirty Chat Inside Sports. Uh, when we uh, talk about approaching free agency now, um, I don't know if uh, you know now that you're in management if you if you like to hear this phrase about what's going to happen starting on Sunday. But so free agency is on the 14th on, on Tuesday. I believe it opens up 10 a.m. Edmonton time. But on the 5th, the uh, what people coin the legal tampering period begins. <laughs> and maybe there's a lighter way to say it or a better way to say it. So maybe you could say it. But explain what happens between the 5th and basically the, I guess, the 12th uh, for teams around the CFL. Well, uh, the legal legal tampering period is is a period where you know we can we can reach out to um, we can openly talk to uh, pending free agents, and you know there's a there's a period of uh, where we can talk to them, we can present offers uh, to them and their agents, um, we can give them information how we we use them in our schemes and and, and how we see them fitting into our organization. Um, it's it's I kind of like it. Um, because it gives us a chance to, um, you know, to go out and, and, and get to know some of these guys that we don't know uh, personally before we, um, you know, decide to, to tender an offer. Um, but I, I, you know, I'm I'm pretty aggressive person. Um, I'm pretty aggress- aggressive, um, you know, executive. And and when I want something, I want it done, and I want it done now. Um, so it's 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 going to be a tough, um, you know, seven days. You know, leading up to to free agency, where you know we can't actually get a deal. We you can get a deal done, but you know I want to I want to be able to have the, the ability to sign a guy yeah. uh, once we agree. Okay, and so once that period is over, you have what forty eight hour period to sign and negotiate, or basically negotiate with your own people, right before free agency opens. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, then there's a, there's a two day dead period, uh, you know, from the 12th to the 14th, and then you know free agency opens up then. Um, but again, it's <laughs> it's it's uh, it, yeah, it's, it's it's something it's it's something that the CFLs come up with, which I think you know, I want to say the NFL does it a little bit, but um, in the end, you know, we're just you know we're we're ready to get this thing rolling and and um, and, and get guys signed up. So. You know, we'll we'll be we'll be active. We I don't think we'll be as active as we were last year. I think we're in a very good spot where you know with our with our organization. Um, you know, we still do have some key pieces that we need to add to the roster, um, and 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 all that. But um, 
you know, we, we feel very good where we're at. We're just, you know, we got to get those last key pieces um, to fill out, you know, the, the roster and, and you, know, can, you know, start this push to, to win the Grey Cup. All right. I'm going to ask you about a couple of your pending free agents because it's, like, it's, it's the questions I get asked from fans mm. about, hey, what's going to happen with these two? So the first one, I'll build up to it. The first one is Darrell Walker. Where do things stand with Darrell? Um, right now, we haven't we haven't come to any, a conclusion on what, what's happening with Darrell. Um, he's a very good player. He he finished the, the season strong last year. We just we haven't had a uh, we haven't made a definitive decision with him. Okay, and then the next one is Kenny Lawler, who uh, we found out about three weeks ago that he moved his family here to Edmonton, which yep. is always very good to see when players move here in the off season. And fans sure love what they saw from Kenny Lawler last year when he was healthy. Where do things stand with Kenny? And we're still talking to Kenny, and and you know, we'll we'll have a decision uh, soon whether you know whether he's coming or going. Um, but you know, we're we're you know, it's it's still we're still in the process of, of talking to Kenny. Okay, sounds good. I appreciate you uh, answering those questions the, the the way you did. Now, that's great. Now you talked about going into free agency, and you're you expect to be active, but it's probably going to look different. And I don't want to hold you to a number, and I won't do that. But I remember last year it was eight. You signed eight players, and you signed a lot of significant players, including Kenny Lawler. But describe yeah. to me how you feel about this club now compared to a year ago, when a year ago you and Chris Jones were still trying to get to know your roster and really trying to uh, honestly try to build a roster. Yeah, honestly, last year, you know, we got the job so late um, that, you know, we were we were pretty much scrambling to, you know, not only uh, trim the roster, but then build it back up. Uh, free agency came so fast that, you know, we, we had to um, – we had to we we had to go after the you know the pieces that we felt we needed. Um, some we got, some we didn't. Um, but you know this year is a, a totally different. Um, we took the entire year to, um, to to build the roster we we the build the type of roster we want. Um, you know, and that's fast, physical, you know, and 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 tough-minded individuals. Um, and you started seeing signs of that at the end of the season. Um, we we're in a total different position this year. Like I said, I feel we we feel very strong about you know one we have a we have a we have a capable quarterback who's who's coming into his own. He's going to have a full off season of of training and 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 knowing he's the guy and 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 uh, preparing for for that situation. We have a we have two young backups who, who've had significant playing time, um, so we feel good about our quarterback room, our offensive line. We feel we're very strong at that position. Um, every, everybody's under contract. We, I mean, you know, the the pieces we get out on our offensive line are, are going to be, um, you know, they're they're going to be you know, backup pieces, um, someone to in support roles. We don't need to go and get a, you know, we have a Mark Court that we we went and got last year. Um, we have a young. Andrew Garnett, we have Martez Ivy, um, so we feel very comfortable where where we are there. Obviously, if someone comes up, we'll we'll have a look, but we feel comfortable there. We feel we feel feel comfortable with our defensive line, our our um, our front. We feel very comfortable with with Niles Morgan coming off injury. You know, he was a force when he had the opportunity to uh, you know to play games when he was healthy. So we're happy uh, where we are. Obviously, there's there's going to be complimentary pieces coming up, but. Um, you know, we'll we'll continue looking. You know, we again we got AC Leonard, we got Mark, um, 
uh, Luchez Purifoy. So uh, we, we feel good where we're at. Like I said, there's going to be a couple more, a couple more pieces that we need to, to, uh, to fill out, and then, and then we'll be, we'll be set to, you know, to get the training camp and get this thing rolling. All right, I'll just uh, end with this one, kind of a, a fun one. Uh, Chris Jones uh, is a dogged, determined uh, individual, as you know, but uh, tell me about just the plan that he has had this offseason just to, to, to just really focus on scouting and do that one-on-one scouting at different schools, and how many times a day you're talking to him right now? Um, it was funny today. I only talked to him twice, but he's at the Senior Bowl, and I'm and I'm at home. I I, I, um, I came home to to get uh, rejuvenated to, and get ready for training camp. I mean for uh, for free agency. But um, Chris is you know he's one of a kind. There's no one that you know I I haven't met anyone that's 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 willing to to get in his car and and be across the country, literally across the country, uh, looking for the next guy. Um, sometimes I'm with him. Most times I'm not. But you know the guy is—he's a machine. He—he he only cares about winning football and his, his first his family, then winning football games. So I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm really impressed with uh, with with Chris and, and and the way he handles his business. Um, obviously, I've been friends with him for 20 years, but getting to work with him, seeing his work ethic, seeing his his uh, his his determination, his his law, his 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 you know just willingness to to get out and work. Um, so. You know, it's it's easy to work with a guy when he's when he's getting out and 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 doing the work himself. Um, you know, so it, it it doesn't make it as hard to you know spend fourteen fifteen hours in the office knowing that he's right there with you. G. Roy, enjoyed this very much. Uh, thank you so much for the insight. All the best in preparing for free agency, and uh, we'll talk to you real soon. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. G. Roy Simon, assistant GM of your Edmonton Elks on the Certainty Hotline. The pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed Pro all the way. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chat. Ryan Nugent Hopkins enjoying some R&R before the team uh, gets back together. I guess Sunday or Monday. And then they will head to Detroit. They'll take on the Wings this coming Tuesday, a game you can hear right here on 6.30, Chad. Of course you can. 4 o'clock is the face-off show. 5.30 is the drop of the puck. Pretty quiet on the out-of-town scoreboard right now. Uh, interesting. Uh, it's very interesting what's going on with the L.A. Lakers right now and LeBron James, uh, who are trailing the Indiana Pacers 98-90. to I bring this up because... Uh, LeBron James is 72 points away from breaking Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's league record, uh, league scoring record. And it's caused TNT in the States to adjust their broadcast schedule. Now, the game is on, uh, actually, this is not national. This is, uh, I think it's the Indiana Pacers feed. But TNT is switching things up. I mean, the Lakers aren't very good this year. Uh, so they're going to show, however, on Tuesday, their home game against the Oklahoma City Thunder because James is on pace, on pace to break that record on Tuesday. So, and this is a pledge from NBA Commissioner Adam Silver said last month in Paris that the league would ensure James's record-breaking game is shown nationally as well, making it globally available. So 17 points so far for LeBron which puts him 72 points away from, uh, I guess, tying Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's record. 
LeBron James is 38 years old and still going. But a lot of people are very annoyed by him. <laughs> and I can understand why, I guess. Well, uh, fun times in Calgary with uh, their farm team, the Flames farm team, Calgary Wranglers taking on the Oilers farm team, the Bakersfield Condors. We'll talk with Bob Stoffer, who was at the game at the Saddle Dome. And is Regina an undesirable place for CFL players to go to now? When did this happen? Or am I just, is it just smoke? Jamie and I, our good friend from CJME Radio in Regina, will join us to talk about that and about, of course, Bedard Mania. That's coming up.